monitor though. I can't see a thing yet. There you go, uh, there's, there's me on a couch alone in the hot box and I'm staring at it. Oh there's a monitor, I've got a monitor now and I've got another camera here and I've got a dab rig here and I've got a cold beer and I've got some of the craziest dank from the Eastern Cape and somewhere getting piped in now will be Dan and Joe hitting the scene and then we got guests from uh, Amsterdam, from Barcelona, from the Eastern Cape, the Western Cape and from KZN and when I get my crew together which I had moments ago for, for the last 15 minutes, half an hour and now they've all disappeared on me. So um, evening scour 710, it's not just me, there's a whole bunch of other people on this show and I can't really get to them at the moment because something went wrong uh, with the feed. Anyway, I'm going to crack on as usual. I can't even change cameras at the moment. So, hands up who thinks this is all really weird. We've called this episode tonight Corona Stoners because we have travelled around the planet and back in the last three weeks and since we left we've come back to a completely different world. Joe, I can see you there. How are you doing, my darling? Oh, well, hello. How's it going? Loud and clear, great. Isn't this weird? Dan, yeah, no, there you are in the mix. Lekker, man. So, have you... Cool, we're doing great. So, uh, Joe, have you got something to smoke that side? I have. Uh, my side will be two beautiful pre-rolls of Royal Moby. And then if I run out of that, I've got my bonbon. <laughs> I already used bonbon. Okay. And Dan, and what... Nice. So you're um, you're you're not commuting like the rest of us, isn't it weird? I'm trying to stay indoors as much as possible, but you know, with the family, it's quite difficult because there's like dentist appointments, and I've got to make sure that we've got supplies because in case we do have to lock down, my mom's still got no immune system. So totally, yeah. Wow. Well, we've got a we've actually got a poll running tonight. The poll for tonight's hotbox show is about quarantine. So that's what we figured we'd do. Tonight, tonight's poll, um, let's get the wording for it. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, are you in self-quarantine? Yes, no, I wish. So that's tonight's poll in South Africa and around the world. Are you in self-quarantine? Yes, no, or I wish. Dan, how about you, Brew? Are you in self-quarantine now? What's your, what's your status? Current status. Current status is, hello, can you see me? Yeah. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Good to work. Hello. Yep, got it. Yeah, now I can see. We can all see you loud and clear. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm as well, self-quarantine. I'm just kind of staying at home. I've got work and I have to go after clients and go to different sites, but at the end of the day... Just keep your hands clean and make sure you don't share no joints. Yeah, and um, don't get sneezed on, basically. And if you've got a cough, fucking cough somewhere else. So, um, um, I've got... Uh, is it possible to get to a desk cam at the moment, please? Uh, I'm going to swap to the desk cam now and um, show everybody 
what I took to the United Nations three weeks ago as part of the South African United Nations Civil Society delegation. Uh, it was, let me just read, oh, here we go. So, all of this weed came from the Cannabis Club in the Eastern Cape. And it's some of the most quality weed I've ever taken with me. I took 20 grams of this shit to, to Amsterdam and kept it and had it with me for the whole trip. Except when we got to, uh, this is a critical, no, sorry, this is Crescendo. I don't quite know what the genetic is. I don't know what they're about. There's a, abs an absolutely knockout critical kush that we took. And I made this stupid mistake of leaving all of this lying around in my Airbnb. And there was like nine different nationalities having takeaways. And they climbed into this shit nicely. They, they drilled about five grams of my stash over, over dinner. We've got an XO. I don't really know what, the, I don't know what it is. But I tell you what, the smell of this one is absolutely incredible. They're manicured beautifully. So I wish you were all here to collect it, but I know you're going to be coming into the office every now and again to pick up stuff. So I'll leave bags of this shit lying around. My status, my status and Myrtle's status at the moment is we are both self-quarantined because we have, we've been to three European countries in three weeks. This Durban Kush, I don't know what, guys, but if you're all watching down there in East London... This is one hell of a fucking joint, it really is. It's one of the nicest sativary things we've ever had. It got smoked first, just because it said Durban on it. Everybody in Europe goes crazy for something that says Durban on it. And the last thing, this is one, this is Myrtle's favourite. Uh, these jars were full, by the way, we've been climbing into them. This is uh, Myrtle's favourite, it's a grape diamonds. And uh, this is a very, very special bud. And um, I wish I could hand it to you to roll it up, Dan, but there you have it. What I also brought, I'll, um, uh, as you know, last week we piped in from the Dabadoo and uh, I managed to bring back some of the, the solventless BHO. Uh, it's actually solvent number five, uh, solventless number five. And this here, we never found out what they all were because, you know what, people just ran and got aeroplanes out of the country after Dabadoo. We left a bit early because we were so grilled. And we didn't hear who finished. Thanks for the desk cam, guys. Thank you. And we, um, we didn't really get to know what everything was. Whether it was uh, what, what strain, what breed, or what everything was. Uh, we don't even know who won. We were so grilled. But there's some great pictures going out there on Instagram about Dabadoo. So go and have a look at Dabadoo 2020 and you'll get a vibe for it. Cool. So... Um, do you reckon we should go cross to we cross to Jair now? Have we got Jair on the line? Stand by. Um, let me fill you in as to who Jair is. He's um, Hi, pardon. Hi, Jules. Yeah, Jair. Hello, my man. Fantastic. Hey, there you are, bro. Well, welcome to the hot box. We never had you on the hot box before, and you were so close so many times. So, yeah. so let me fill you in, South Africa, to who this amazing human being is. This is the man that gave up his home to us in Amsterdam last week so we could be safe and sound waiting for an aeroplane. And I will never forget the moment that Myrtle and I and you, Jair, listened to the South African president while we're sitting two meters from each other having a takeaway. Yeah. Tell, tell me what's happened in Holland since, we've, since that 
it seems like a hundred years ago, Jay. What's going on at the moment? What's the update? Yeah, uh, well, every day is kind of, at this moment, feels like a month. Uh, time really goes fast. Uh, sorry for my baby on the background. I'm at home. There's no work uh, possibilities anymore. So, yeah, all of this is all of the lockdown. You're still allowed to go to the supermarkets open. Uh, and we try to make sure the healthcare kind of goes with the problem that is there so the vaccine keeps from coming. Uh, Holland has a pretty good healthcare system, so I kind of have to trust that we can <coughs> control it and cope with and, and um, people are starting to get less crazy on the foods and uh, slowly. People are trying to fit into the, what we call the new normal. Yeah, normal. Well, normal, Jair, would be, I, was I would still have a, a THC hangover from being one of the legends of cannabis. Because, of course, on Tuesday night, you had invited us all to your, uh, your beautiful home on Prinsenkracht for a cannabis-infused dinner. And, of course, that didn't happen. And that was one of the weirdest things of all, because I know that was going to—that was a highlight of our trip. So, very. So we'll uh, we'll get back to that. Well, it, it, I really believe me, I really tried, but I think the world kind of fell apart around us. Um, and the issue wasn't the twelve people being together at that moment. The issue was that people couldn't uh, leave Holland anymore. Definitely Americans. Yeah. So, that, it, it's. Also, I have to tell you that it was kind of. Uh, when we listened together to the South African president, uh, I've heard a lot of prime ministers telling a lot of feel-good uh, stories. At uh, this moment, I was kind of impressed by the president of the South of South Africa and by the speech he did. Uh, it, it was like he's, he's not bullshitting you guys, so um, I'm kind of jealous of that. Well, thank you for that. It, it, it sent a shiver down our spines because we've never ever actually heard a president in living memory have to make a, such a speech. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure your prime, I'm sure your prime minister had to make the same kind of speech, and it's quite a grave. Yeah, we, we had the same kind of speech. I think with us, it was like 50 years ago that we saw a speech like that for the last time. That um, was in the oil crisis back in, I think, in the what is it? Uh, 87 or something crazy. Okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, we, did, we, we hardly ever see that. That's definitely not normal, but uh, uh, definitely South Africa has uh, a big problem coming because people are living so close to each other, to each other uh, in certain areas that I am wondering how social distancing worked in things like townships or... Um, yeah, it's kind of a scary, scary, scary thing. It's it's on the tip of everyone's tongues. We we we've gone from I think in the time, certainly in the last week since the president, we've gone from memes to a bit more silence and introspection. It's hitting hard now in the in the psyche already. Tell me, Jay Myrtle and I walked around the day before we left, which was on on Monday. And for the first time in living memory, there wasn't a single coffee shop open. We didn't need to, we just wanted to see for our own eyes. But since we left, apparently they've opened again, yeah? Well, no, what they did is, well, you can't go to coffee shops because people are sitting together and they're, they're you know, 
it's very simple. One person comes inside the coffee shop right now, uh, he will impact everybody in a six-foot range around him. So uh, you, ca you can't do that. So they closed down the coffee shops and then it went pandemic because yeah, that cannabis is, is an essential product like uh, food and like alcohol and anything that people need on a daily basis. So um, within 24 hours, they pretty much allowed coffee shops to open only for window sales. So people can't go in anymore. You can pretty much go to a, a window and order your weeds, get your weeds, and get the hell out. Okay, that's a really good news. At least, at least it's a solution. Well, it, you know, it, it's it's a lot of people's medicine. People are totally reliant on this stuff, even if they haven't got a prescription. It's it's their medicine. Geez, imagine being holed up where you are without some weed. It just makes it even well, more I, difficult. I, I can tell you, I made sure when I saw this coming, I made sure that I was stocked up. In my <laughs> I got some underlying health issues, so I am uh, uh, what they call a risk group. So I kind of have to isolate myself. I got problems with autoimmune diseases and uh, uh, I have to kind of like isolate myself so yeah I'm, I'm in isolation so actually I'm trying to not see anybody nobody's allowed in my house um, this is about as social as I'm getting right now in the hot box at least I'm seeing you guys and um, um, yeah uh, Holland is kind of getting crazy I'm not sure where it goes uh, uh, at least wheat prices and stock prices are not connected to each other, so at least in our industry we still make a little bit of money. Um, I'm also happy that cannabis is an essential, uh, an essential by itself, because it also makes sure that our industry is actually still moving. I mean, if you're in entertainment right now or in bars or restaurants, you're kind of screwed. Uh, at least cannabis is kind of going on. I mean, I have a company in the U.S. called LBS Distribution, and we're trying to kick ass. We're trying to manage our staff members and make sure they stay at home when they get sick, and, um, and we try to, try to stay afloat, because well, firing everybody is a bad, bad moment, and you're kind of responsible for your staff members so that they can eat and, and, and food, on the show, food for their families. And uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not easy, uh, and, and I think it's not easy for a lot of business owners, but also employees right now. I know a lot of people are losing their jobs. I I, I expect, I, I know there, there are already 50,000 companies in Holland within that week and a half that are pretty much already asking the government to help out because they are about to topple over. Yeah. Everybody that lives month to month in Holland, just all the Dutch people that live month to month, and this problem will be there in, in South Africa even more um, that, that people can't cope, they just can't. Because also you have to understand that protecting yourself also costs money. You need protective materials yeah. and hand sanitizers and, and wipes and people start price gouging on those, uh, making it horrible, horrible, horrible to get those for a normal price. And I don't even want to know how South Africa would react on a situation like that. Well, um, it's ha it's kind of happening here as well, but um, there's been a the, the government's. We're going to talk it a bit talk about it a bit later on the show, but the government's released some um, some really punitive measures for people who mess with this whole thing. We're we're in a state of national emergency by law. They've passed a coronavirus law, and 
there's um, there's quite a lot of um, fines and jail time for people who mess with the the information, or they're, they're actually yeah, spreading disinformation, or if you're spreading the virus and stuff. So um, it's happening. I, I want to tell you. I know that price gouging is illegal, but you see it happening right now, everywhere. I think it is. Can tell you because they're used this is because they're used to a lot of infectious diseases like Ebola and other things that are happening on and on and on and on. So they're kind of prepared for this. They have yeah, they've, they've, they've practiced, they've, yeah, that's it. They practice many times to deal with viral infections in rural areas that need uh, extraordinary measures in order to make sure that the virus doesn't spread out like it does in normal places. So yeah, you guys can if it gets really bad, you can go to Kenya for Not safety. Thanks for that, bro. Oh, that sounds really great. Jaya, we're going to leave you there. We're going to leave you with that ridiculous looking beard that you've got on now. You look as if you've been there for 10 years. I, I need to get a razor. If I'm on the show, like in two months from now, I will look like Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Jaya, please, please be safe and l lovely. Uh, look, look after your family. And we'll see you online and on the flip side, and we'll get you on the show for an update sometime soon to see how it's going in Corona Stoner Land. All right. Smoke enough weed, isolate yourself, wash your hands. See you. See you. Yeah, cool. Wow, what a what a story the world over. But imagine in South Africa, you know, with these uh, with those rules coming out that they're slapping the bottle stores and the shabines. They're closing down the, uh, the booze in South Africa. They're actually making sure the weed stays open in Holland. It's pretty groovy. Well, they don't want the underground taking over again. Yeah, right. Um, so uh, um, that was going to be a 10-minute interview that stretched to about 15 or so. So we're on quite a tight line at the moment. Um, let me see. I'm just trying to see who's coming up now. Uh... Is Bobby on now? Or maybe it's John. We're trying to get John in from Barcelona. But, um, you know, since we... ...to watch the show and listen to the 
Well, I've got to get round to doing some smoking, so um, we've got like five minutes or so of a CNN. Have we got any? Uh, have we got any pictures we can put up of those busts you were talking about, Joe? There's a couple of busts you put on the group of um, of people having their not busts about people having their stuff robbed. Is happening? What sort of what level of people? I mean, who, who, who are the people? These are home growers. These are guys that are growing like one or two or maybe three at home. It's not massive like money making growers. These are definitely just chance, guys that have just taken the opportunity. They know the guys growing and they just rip and rip. Also, maybe the consequence of telling too many people about your growth. Oh, hey. Yeah, all of that. Don't tell, don't smell, don't sell. Don't tell, don't smell, don't sell. It's been an yeah, analogy. <laughs> so who have we got? Is it who have we got coming on as a guest now? Who have we got next in line? I think John's I think waiting. Bobby's coming in. I think Bobby's coming up now. All right, Bobby, you there? So we find from Amsterdam. Now we're going to Richards Bay. We're going to Richards Bay. Yeah, right. Yeah, Bobby, welcome to the hot box, my broom. Can you hear me, my brother? Loud and clear, but there's a bit of a lag because you're listening to it at the same time. So that's cool. I haven't got I haven't got a picture I haven't got a picture of you yet. But um, there you go. There's Dan Dan coughing. Every time Dan coughs, his picture comes on the screen. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, look, DJP. Hope everyone's hogging the joint. Yeah, there's nobody past the frickin' duchy to. Oh, and the poll, remember? Are you in self-quarantine? Yes, no, or I wish. Bobby, you there? No? So, go, ahead, go ahead. What did you just realise? Quite, quite a bit worse than, than, than other things that you know, so we don't want to put it in 
Jesus. Um, hello, Bobby. Hello. Yeah, Bobby, how's it going, Brute? You look. It looks like you've had a nice, a nice afternoon deep sea fishing, Brute. <laughs> put your camera down a little bit. Can you put your camera down a little bit? There you go, Lekker. So, have you been listening into the show, Bobby? All right, so you hear from Jair there in uh, Amsterdam on his self-imposed quarantine and the lockdown and a few shops open and stuff. How's it going in Richards Bay? What, what, what level of quarantine are you guys working at? Yeah, it's business as usual in Richards Bay, you know. <laughs> it's a Zulu land, you know. Uh-huh. Well, I've seen, so, you know, when Myrtle and I were away, we check in on everything all the time, obviously, it's very easy to, and we saw, um, we saw some posts of you with some um, immune boosting stuff, and I saw another picture of people out at a robot do, handing out stuff, you, you, you seem to be very proactive about just doing shit full stop. And is it, is it, what's the, what are the cops' position on weed in your part of the world now? Are they kind of, are they kind of relaxed a bit? Because you wouldn't believe since Myrtle and I have been back, the day we got back on whatever it was two days ago, there was three busts on the fucking hotline on Tuesday, Tuesday morning or whatever it was. So the cops are still throwing fucking human beings in metal boxes, which I assure isn't more than, with, is less than two metres apart. How's it going there?
And you know, it'd be better to step up than the than the guys that know the best, the stoners. You know, we we've been doing this. We know what this is about. And it's the only industry that survives because nobody wants credit, nobody gets credit. That's the nature of drug dealing as they tagged us. Yeah, I so guess. Now, all of a sudden, our company is, is, is sitting there saying, hey, we can solve the problem. And they're listening. It's great. And so, uh, have you met the mayor before? Has the mayor been to the foundation in the past? Or is this a brand new cold call? No, the mayor's a regular supporter. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't say don't say too much, bro. Basis of uh, medicinal product, I can't elaborate anymore. Well, I think it's good that you know that that's you stepping up there and helping those police stations get their act together. Good work. Yeah, man, they're not our enemies. We make them our enemies, and they 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 in some respect make that's their choice to make us to make them our enemies, but. You know, in the end of the day, it doesn't matter what clothes you got on, you're a human being. And those guys are in the front line, and as much as we hate them for busting our balls, they, we need the cops. We need them. Instead of stop hating on them, let's help them. And, I mean, it's the same attitude they have towards anyone that doesn't know how to do it. Be it government, police, whatever. I'm happy to help. I'm here. I'll help you. Cool. Now you're all... You're... I, guess, I guess, yeah, you're right. Because if, if you were to, you know, if... if all these police stations started seeing, you know, more of anyone, doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Stone or it's someone else, and they start actually helping the cops, or at least maybe um, just, you know, treating the cops like another person and not like the enemy, they would, then those cops would then essentially see, uh, hopefully, they would see the good in certain people. And if it's coming from a community of Stoners all the time, I think it's going to, it might just, just show them something, but uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to do. It is a lot of work, but... I fully respect what you're doing, but I have to say, fuck the police, sir. Uh, Joey. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, don't say fuck the five departments, you know? It's not about the police. The police are there to interpret the law. They're there to enforce it. You know, they're not our enemy. They, they're nearly minions of, of a bigger state that defines how it should be done. So. We should be tackling it at root cause, not the symptom. The police are the symptom of the problem. No, agreed, agreed. So, um... Joey, it says, uh, I want, hashtag, I want to speak to your boss. No matter how you go off the chain, I want to speak to your boss. Um, so Bobby, I've got one last question for you before I let you go. Um, this, because this is so crazy and even Stephen King couldn't have written the screenplay for any of this it's way beyond the realms of f fiction now what's your favorite conspiracy theory at the moment well I mean, <laughs> and, I, and I mean it I mean it as a light-hearted thing It's going to break down your immune system so you get that shit quicker. So, two points of advice. You stay away from 5G. Stay away from 5G, smoke a lot of weed and keep your immune system up. Peace, love, happiness, guys.
Great. So 5G is the one that's tickling you at the moment, is it? Because fuck, there's some really funny shit going on. What's yours, Joe? What's your favourite one at the moment? My favourite place. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Oh man. There must be one that. I'm not sure. They're also confusing at the moment. It's like a biological weapon, right? Yeah, that one. Yeah. But, um, it's also a government conspiracy to reduce the population, make us more okay. controllable. I don't know. I've heard that. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I'm. There's a lot of conspiracy theories saying, ah, oh, no, uh, 5G doesn't cause the coronavirus. Fair enough, it doesn't. But guys, if we look at it, 2G, 3G, 4G have been in place for about as long as cancer rates have gone through the roof. So, hey. Oh, geez, just turning up the volume of it. That's it. Yeah. Strongly does, <coughs> it does break down the human immune system to a degree where you are susceptible to these viruses, where under normal stand circumstances or non-exposure to 5G's, they wouldn't be. So that's my take on it. Okay, well, uh, I, was, uh, I was asking the question in kind of a light-hearted way, but uh, there's not much. If you, I just wanted to know, 5G's tickling you at the moment. Um, I have no opinion. I think they're all. Some of them are absolutely fucking hilarious, but I get them all. I get that. I get that. There is no such thing as a conspiracy theory anymore. It's the fucking real deal. Anyway, Bobby's been good to chat to you, Bruce. We. I think it should be called the 5G virus, not the, not the coronavirus. How do you spell the G? Okay, 5G virus. Yeah, all the media has powers. Does not sign up to fucking survive some kind of zombie apocalypse. So, could all this just make it stop now? <laughs> uh, Joey, you'll always survive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheers, Bobby. Thanks a lot, Bruce. Thanks for coming on. Peace, love you. Okay, so he's um, he's the only guy I know in South Africa at the moment that's handing out sanitizers to his local cops. So that's pretty good stuff coming in from Bobby. Yeah. Really cool. Yes. Tony, Tony, can you turn your device down? Can you guys read me? Yeah, I can read you. I just, I just wanted you to turn. You were listening to somebody. Fantastic, Tony. It's a bit of a surprise seeing Tony. Tony was coming in a little later, but we must be. We're moving pretty quickly at the moment. Tony, welcome to the Hotbox Show, Brew. The last time you did the Hotbox Show was in the Eastern Cape somewhere. Shutting down the other device. Um, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, and no, I can hear you. There was a delay. Have you got me loud and clear? Yeah. I've got you loud and clear. Fantastic. Okay. You're looking good. The lighting, the lighting's great. We've got your best side. <laughs> also doing a little bit of Tom Hanks, a little bit of Castaway. I've been in isolation since I got back last Monday, so it's about ten days now. And how, how, you, how are you feeling? Because, of course, you and I arrived in Europe on exactly the same day and have been exposed pretty much for exactly the same thing for the first week. Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling okay. I actually, um, I did go for my tests. Uh, I got my results back this morning and I'm negative, so feeling pretty good about that. But now 
I'm like, okay, I, I know for sure I don't have it, so now I want to isolate myself even even more. So it's not like... You don't want to get it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like um, I'm feeling, okay, now I can um, go out about. Obviously, I want to go see my parents. Um, yeah, that was my biggest concern. I think the elderly, we really need to respect and uh, protect over this time. Um, you know, most of us who have a fairly strong immune system, you know, even if we get it, we'll probably be okay, but uh, we have to look after our elderly. And that's one of the crazy anomalies that I've picked up on this thing. Apparently, no one under nine has died yet, which is the opposite of most pneumonias. <laughs> I never... I mean, mostly pneumonia takes, like, a, a lot of children every year, a couple of million, and then so far it's only taking the elderly, which is, again, something very, very strange. Indeed. So, um, do you, do you, Tony, do you think back to when we were at the United Nations together, and that was, it was quite a petri dish of people. There was 180 nations, there was a thousand people, and all of us are all over the world again now. Makes you think, doesn't it? It, it was absolutely, uh, that was what I was most worried about with that experience, is obviously not only us leaving, but what was coming in. I've never been in a space where, with more different cultures, different uh, interests, different races, all in one place. So it, it was uh, like a recipe for a perfect storm, but apparently we got through it okay, but my hands have also never been cleaner. Um, I, I must say that the diplomats didn't really get uh, the fist bump that I was trying. They kept thinking I was coming up to give them one. Um, but, uh, yeah. The, the other crazy thing was, you know, on day one, they're giving the briefing about the virus, and I mean, it feels like a world ago, even though it was only two weeks ago, you're like, but they were saying, okay, so no handshakes, which obviously diplomats, they live by the handshake, but you've got to bump elbows, and then, like, a, a sentence later, they're saying, if you need to cough, cough into your elbow. So I'm going, okay, well, like, now you're going to go snotty elbow with your cough or your sneeze, and bump that against someone else, who's now going to cough with? No one knew at that stage, and no one still knows how to handle this thing, what its impact is going to be, uh, you know, where we headed, and, and that's, I suppose, the deep insecurity of it all. But at least here in Africa, that's one thing we do deal with better than most, is insecurity. You know, we haven't known where we're going as a country or a continent for quite a while, so we're a little bit more resilient on that. I think, you know, the, the countries that have been living in a lack of security are really getting nailed hard and you know, having their whole lifestyles changed and all of a sudden realizing that you know, it is quite a dangerous world. Well, if you consider how many cases there were three weeks ago as we walked into Vienna and nobody was thinking much about in Vienna at all and now it's, it's tenfold in Spain. It just goes on and on and on. It just gets exponential and there's no reason to believe it's not going to do that everywhere at the moment but what if because we've got such amazing virologists and were you tested on the way into Cape Town with a scanner thing at the airport yes I, I had to stand on the X yeah my body's right for any temperature no, we, we had the same thing but, I mean, they, they weren't taking it that seriously. There was a bit of a giggle, like, have you been to Italy or Asia? No, haha, <laughs> okay, you're free to go. And, um, uh, like, are you feeling okay? Yes, I'm feeling fine. You're free to go. But I think uh, by now, I, I think the penny's dropped for everyone that we've got to take this thing really seriously. Yeah. The guy that, um, there, was, there was only half the flight from, from Amsterdam, and there was no foreign nationals. 
Uh, it was all South Africans coming home. And uh, when I got to the second thing, the second forehead laser beam thing, I said, good, day, good evening. He said, how are you? And I said, you tell me. <laughs> we were delighted. It was, it, we, we were delighted it was so proactive because we hadn't been tested on any metal box anywhere. I must say, you know, like after the, the president's speech, when it was, I think, Sunday night, and he said, please, everyone who's been in a high-risk country, because after I left you, I went down to a little um, town near the Italian border and had one day on the, on the slope, so I just uh, took the opportunity to do that. But, you know, they said anyone who's been in high-risk area go get tested. And I tried for about six hours on that Monday morning to get through to the, the hotline. Like sometimes getting to number, you are number one in the queue, and then <laughs> nothing, like nada, never got through, must have tried about 30, 40 times. Then when eventually I got hold of my, my well, I don't really have a doctor, as most, most Stoners don't really, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I got hold of a, a doctor who then told me where I can go for a private test. But then they put you, when I got there, there were 50 or 60 people in a waiting room, all waiting for the corona test. <laughs> the question we all know that um, our favorite herb is some form of medicine the least it can do is balance your immune system could you you know there's got to be a silver lining somewhere otherwise we're going to go mad even if you think yes. think of something different to fucking 5g master let's not find out what who to blame let's work on figuring out the, the future of it can you could you see a future of a really expedited industry to crank it up to fucking feed people. Your, is your soup kitchen still up and running? The soup kitchen is still up and running. We have just ordered some, uh, we're making some hemp seed oil based uh, sanitizer, obviously with other actives in there and, and the, the ethanol as well. But um, we organized some gloves for them and obviously the hemp seed oil, they're continuing to put that in the, the soup. But obviously Mama Mickey, she already feeds 250 people just off with donations. And every day now, what's going to happen with the amount of people that are losing their jobs and most of our country lives on no work, no pay. You know, like everyone gets sent home for four weeks, they come out, they've spent their money, they're hungry, and they're no more jobs. And yeah, you're right, there is one industry that I really can believe can offer the opportunity to lift us out of that. And this obviously is, is the industrial cannabis and, and medical cannabis industry that is primed. You know, so really, if we, we can start 
ramping that conversation up and, and changing the narrative towards we need emergency legislation. You know, like, push it through now. Like, just give us a chance to show you what we can do. You know, what we've been telling you all along, that this, this is the green economy. And also tie that in with, with the changes that we're seeing in the planet. If you look at the, the satellite shots of Wuhan and how clear the sky is just a month or two after, you know, since they've been in lockdown, and that the rivers, the, the canals in uh, Venice are flowing clear for the first time in, in living memory. And, you know, all of these things that we're seeing on, hold on, we've been living really in a very, very negative way and um, you know, severely polluting ourselves and our planet. And here's a chance to put, like, push the hard reboot. You know, like, it's going to be hard. The shutdown's going to be painful. But when we come out, we've got to be able to choose which software we want to reinstall and what new software we want to install. And I think uh, the green economy that's offered by, by the hemp products, by medical cannabis, and by the industry that we know can help get everyone working again, get everyone into jobs that are sustainable, that are healthy, that don't have the, you know, the amount of, of carbon or the amount of toxins that other industries that, that hopefully we'll leave behind after this have been flooding our systems with. I mean, that, that to me is a ray of hope, and I think we need to be pushing that that solution even harder than we have up to now. The, the, the hemp seeds that you mentioned at the soup kitchen, are they imported in bags? Yeah, unfortunately, well, that, that's, we bring in the, the oil, so it comes in, in big barrels, and then, uh, yeah, she gives every, most of Mama Mickey's pay, uh, customers or whatever, if they come for free for food, come from the clinic down the road, so most of them go there for their, whether it's their TB med medication or their HIV medication, and they all say, you have to eat before you can take the medication, but most of them have been sick, so they haven't worked for years, so they come to her for their meal, and she puts the hemp seed oil in the soup, and they call it the miracle oil. I mean, they get, their immune system responds to hemp seed oil like ours would respond to medical cannabis, because they're so omega fatty acid deficient. There's no omega fatty acids in the local diet. You know, there's no raw nuts, raw seeds, raw oils. The only oils they're getting are probably you know, multiple multiple time used uh, frying frying oil, very little fish. So you put uh, the hemp seeds with that optimum ratio of omega fatty acids into their diet, and they've seen miracles in the way their immune systems then get into you know, operating properly, get get back into balance, and that will help them fight no matter what they're fighting. Imagine if there was emergency legislation for everyone to just grow as much weed as they could just for seed, just for now. Just get seed to people. Yeah, well, just uh, on the food side, as, as you know, you see the shops are running out, people are going to run out of money, but the, the hemp seed, the protein as well, I mean, the globulin Edison is one of the most digestible proteins around, so more bang for your buck if you're eating you know, your 100 grams of MC protein compared to 100 grams of other your meat protein or whatever, you're really going to absorb a lot of that. And without that protein and those omega fatty acids, our immune systems can't fight off the things that are coming and are already here. So uh, I think, yeah, this conversation really needs to be escalated. I'm busy with an opinion piece at the moment, put it out there and really just say, like, guys, let's unlock this green economy, first of all, because that speaks to, you know, like, we all fearing what this is going to do to the economy. Um, uh, and there's potentially more damage from our collapsed economy than the virus can ever give us. And that we've got to think about is, you know, like, sick people and dying people is one thing, but it can really be escalated when there's mass malnutrition.
and um, obviously everything that goes with people having no money and no food. Uh, yeah, he's, sure. He's an angry man. Um, and we need to, for the sake of all of us, prevent the solution, uh, present the solution that uh, we believe, obviously, that uh, can take us forward to a much more sustainable, cleaner, healthy lifestyle and economy. Dan, you're listening. What do you think? Could this be a silver lining? Do you reckon the, the weed industry, we could push it through like this? I like, I like Tony's uh, words, uh, emergency legislation. Like it really, it really makes a good ring to it. Um, and I think if they gave us the chance and let us show them what this plant can do, and yes, I, I do think that the plant has, could, has got uh, huge, you know, we all know it has got huge benefits to the health and immune and our immune systems. So yes, it could be. It really could be. I mean, they are interested. And if they can just see that what it is doing for people that are sick, then yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. Joe. Yeah, Joe. Oh no, I'm agreeing with absolutely everything. And I think if there's anybody who's level-headed and and uh, wise and uh, experienced enough to do this and be this whole thing, it's you, Tony. <laughs> what in his spare time, you mean? No, no, no. <laughs> Well, it's it already it's innovating people. People are actually you know there's there's loads of people stepping up to the plate to do stuff. So um, yeah, we can finally show that this is the way forward. This is our time to shine, guys. This is it, people. This, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's not. It's something we've been preaching for a long time. But I think, with the push now for looking for solutions, you know, the ears are going to be open, and you know, like especially at the timing with the cannabis conversation already being there at the forefront, that you know, like, okay, let's give it a, a chance. You know, like, let's really give it a chance, and then it becomes all of our responsibilities to do it right. You know, like to actually prove that we haven't been speaking cock and we can work together and we can collaborate and we can build cooperative communities and we can you know, make a sustainable business and actually run proper businesses and be responsible citizens and share and all those good things that, that we've been preaching. Um, that's going to be our challenge as, as the community to, to really go, okay, hold on, here's the opportunity. We've been given the green light and now can we create the I've got it. There's a thread there from Chris J. He's listening in. Um, it's, he's talking about stopping an embargo on all of the um, imports, you know, like st release everything from customs, release people's CBD, release. If you want to bring in seed in, just tell them how much, you know, let it let it happen. Let the free up the trade, because if your soup kitchen is one and it's for TB patients, fuck's sake, dude, look what it could potentially happen to the TB ward in the next few weeks. I don't know, I, 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 I try and stay level-headed about the whole thing, but we've already been to Europe and seen shit, the pair of us, you know? Well, this is the, the, you know, like the, the one thing that uh, we haven't, aren't prepared for enough is what, you know, is, and it ties in with TB and Corona, is, is respirators. You know, once it gets into your chest, you need a respirator to breathe, and if you can't breathe, you, you know, that's it. And we haven't got respirators. Uh, you, know, you go to the hospitals here, yeah, and all the time they have to choose between who gets a chance on the machine. 
who's the one that's actually got the best chance to survive because they don't have enough respirators. And most, a lot of that is often around you know, TB or lungs. Yeah. It's going to be a very similar situation. And I mean, I know someone who went to Tigerberg, Tigerberg Hospital here where they're doing the, the, the tests. And I think they've got eight ICU beds that aren't filled at the moment. <laughs> and we probably need about 80,000 if, if it gets to the percentages of our population that, it, that they suspect it may get to. So, I mean, we need to be ordering in or building respirators like crazy or maybe using something that we know is a bit of a bronchodilator that might be able to give some people some relief as well. Some people, exactly. Yeah. So, Tony, I've been asking everybody kind of as a parting shot after all of that, really... I really thank you for coming on the show and being so positive. You are generally one of those cups half full guys. You know, all of my life I've known you as being that kind of guy. So I'm glad to have had this chat because there is a lot of doom and gloom around. But one last question is, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? I would say the martial law control that sooner or later there's going to be a vaccine that gets suddenly developed that we're all going to have to take and all have to drink the Kool-Aid. And if you're not drinking the Kool-Aid, you are a rebel and an outcast, which we used to, but even more. And uh, that it's a way, I mean, already I've met someone on the beach down here. I catch my two meter distance, luckily we've got a big beach in the water. But uh, she is from uh, Hong Kong and she said, yeah, all her friends who've gone back to Hong Kong, um, as they arrive, they get fitted with a, ba a bangle or bracelet that tracks everywhere they go. You know, so that that is my that this is some way of getting a new world order of control, more government, uh, more Big Brother, more uh, you know, obey, obey, obey. Um, you know, like uh, it's 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 a it's a whether it was uh, created or not, the opportunity for those who want more global control and one world uh, one world order, new world order, and all of that. This is the opportunity for them to stick in. To, Step in and say, right, we all have to listen, we all have to be obedient citizens, and yeah. follow the rules. And if you break those rules, you are you know, going away for a long time. Which, again, we, we've had this hanging over us all our lives, but uh, it seems to be next level because probably we, it will be our fellow citizens that are pulling us out if we're not you know, drinking that Kool Aid. Well, I can see. I can see on the thread that somebody's good to grow SA says uh, the vaccine is an implant. So there's there's people in you know I, I ask it in a in a light-hearted way because everything is stranger than fiction now. It's fucking out there what's going on. And we are used to trolling the internet because we're online so much and we've got to go through the shit uh, cutting through the chafe of cannabis, just the headlines of cannabis. So we're very used to actually um sifting through the shit to get to what's going on. And absolutely everything that I hear is completely plausible at this point. Everything. It's all, it could all be true. It's, it's like we're living in an episode of Black Mirror. It's um, really truth is stranger than fiction right now. Um, the confusion, the fear, and all of that, it just, again, feeds into that agenda that someone can step up and take, take control. So the best thing I can say, again, is stay positive. Try not to be fearful. Be prepared, but don't panic. Um, you know, really protect your elders, respect your elders, um, you know, and keep sharing. You yeah, know, man. Don't let the isolation stop you from being part of your community. Uh, you know, like, let's, let's 
help, but you know, things like this are amazing. We've got the technology these days that we really can touch base with each other and still you know, keep people from feeling alone when they are isolated. So yeah, just uh, thank you guys for constantly putting out yeah, positive messages. I mean, even though sometimes you bring the bad news, mostly it's because we are looking for a better way of being and a better way of living and, and more freedom. So now is the time that we've got to shout even louder. Cool, man. Well, we'll catch you. Uh, we'll, I'll talk to you offline about you put, you've, you've just given me a, a really good idea. Why not? Let's go. Let's go for the emergency legislation. We've got enough lawyers in our court. Maybe we can word something that somebody would listen to because even the president's shitting himself at the moment. You know, they, Tito, send it to fucking Tito. Dan, who do we send it to? Exactly. We have you know, a, a solution that uh, we, we can really offer. So, and then uh, again, the, it, it might, we might have a little chance at it because the eye has been taken off cannabis right now. It can we've got an opportunity to slip right in there. So, um, yeah, we, we do need those legal minds to assist uh, with with that process, with writing the draft uh, regulations and legislation, and handing it to them on a the platter. So, if you ever can, please step up. Cool. Parting shot. Well done, Tony. We'll check you around. I'll uh, see you on the airwaves. Good luck in uh, quarantine and have a surf for me, all right, bro? The ocean is definitely the cure for many things, like cold water, tears, and uh, sweat. Cool. See you later, man. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, I know. It was, um, there was a really weird thing went on in uh, Vienna. I got called by the John Perlman show on Mix Y, uh, whatever it is, FM. What's John Perlman on? Can't remember. Power FM, something. And um, he said, have you got anybody else that uh, would chat? And I, I gave him two names from the UN delegation, one on hemp, one on medicine. And Tony was in the building, so I gave him Tony. And it, as it turned out, they couldn't connect to me in any way. I saw their call, but they could never hear me. So Tony rode the whole interview for me while I was in the fire trying to get connected. It was really weird. He is one of the genuine, amazing ambassadors of this plant, guys. He really is. Yeah, and he really is. From the get-go, hey? Okay? Have you ever been to his kitchen? Have you ever heard the story of the kitchen down there? Been going for quite no, a long it's been, it's been going for quite a long time. Um, so now, have we got another guest anywhere? Have we got John, maybe? Oh, yeah. I'm sure I saw some Italian like streets. You know, no, some, someone's, it's Barcelona. Barcelona! Yeah. Empty here. But there is some pungent odors that walk through every once in a while. Oh, good God. Guys that were down here hawking uh, some kind of reaper, but generally it's all shut down. Jeez, Brit. So stores are open. Some supermarkets. Uh, a tobacco store open. Pharmacies are open. 
Uh, but cops are stopping people in the street just right um, on this side of me, behind me. Just about an hour ago, four cops stopped two guys. They were just walking down the street and asked where they were going. And they stopped a woman on the skateboard, asked her where she's going. If you say you're going to the pharmacy or the supermarket, they let you go. But I've heard of some people getting 1,000 euro tickets for just like walking around. Yeah, it's serious. I think they're going to flatten the curve, though. I see someone in the background now on a skateboard. Now, get that. Somebody in the street there. Get their, get their number, Brew. Get their number. Or is he delivering your weed? Um, I don't know what she was doing, but uh, the local dealers seem to be doing a brisk business. A couple of the social clubs are still open. I don't know if it's window service or if it's... Um, be able to go in, but one of them has a DJ coming tonight, like everything's normal. You know? <laughs> so when we went to, is closed, and the guy who showed us around, he thinks he has it. I don't know what the status is of his test, but uh, yeah, they're really shutting things down. And now, have you, have you considered getting a test or anything? Is it playing on your mind? Because... Uh, you know, we've, we, you've been in Europe how many weeks now? Well, you live in Munich, yeah? Yeah, I mean, if I had a test, I'd probably take one, but I don't want to go get some communicable disease jammed up my nose in some weird government testing lab. And, and you know, I check my temperature, I feel good, family feels good, so, you know, maybe leave the testing that is available to people who are really feeling symptoms because, you know, we're just trying to self-quarantine, which actually seems to be working here. I mean, the streets are so empty, people are keeping distance. An old guy coughed next to me at the bakery. The lady at the bakery isn't wearing a mask. And the shops have mangoes for one euro and two avocados for one euro fifty, you know, which is pretty cheap for around here. But I'm in the tourist zone. The suburbs, it's more... Big Brother takeover control, where you're, you know, you're driving or walking, and they pull you over, and give you that thousand euro ticket. Apparently, France is uh, they got tickets too. Russia's using facial recognition to track people who are violating quarantine, and busting down their door. So, you know, um, and basically, my favorite conspiracy theory would be. Russian Trump election, so chaos and discord. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of a test run. Maybe something even weirder from the election. Convulsive diarrhea, red spots in your face. I don't know. You know. After listening to this, I do believe in the 5G thing. It seems like, sure, that could compromise your immune system, a big blast of radiation, so. Anyway, that's that's the take in Barcelona. Wow. So, um, you you heard the story from Jaya that um, the the coffee shop the coffee shops are partially open for people to at least get some sort of medicine uh, takeaway. Do you see ever that happening at all as a local rule in Barcelona? I don't know if they've gotten it together enough to give a ruling. The private clubs are private. Yeah. Coffee shops. So. Yeah. I think they're all able to operate you know, the same if they want to, or close down, or 
you know, it seems like the last thing the cops would be hassling with here would be the, you know, the private social clubs. They got skateboarders to hassle in the street and see if they are going to the pharmacy or not. Okay. All right, well, look, um, it's been, sorry, have you been hanging on for a long time? Because we're trying to get hold of you about half an hour ago, so I'm sorry if we ruined your candlelit dinner in an empty street on the balcony overlooking somebody in quarantine five meters away. So um, I'm delighted to see your face and it's still smiling because, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is John Veet. We met John Veet in Europe a couple of years ago when he was freelancing for High Times magazine and we really respect him as a journalist. He says it how it is and when you're in his company, he's a fucking funny guy. He really is. So, John, thank you so much for coming on the Hotbox and showing Apocalyptic Barcelona 2020. I'm wearing my Dabadoo t-shirt. And remember, I was in a room full of stoners. Uh, I had 200 people in the same room doing bongs to get this t-shirt. And that was the night uh, before I saw you for the last time. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry in advance, all right? <laughs> well, it seems like, you know, we've stimulated endocannabinoid systems as one way to ward off any and all treacherous uh, invasive viruses and other bacteria so you know hopefully we stay healthy and we're able to help people who aren't you know? i'm worried about america in particular I mean, that the infrastructure there is so bad and the people are so dumb. everyone's just running to the gun store there so you know, <laughs> What is I'm thinking about social distancing in Florida, the governor said you can go to the beach, but only in groups of 10 people or less, and it's spring break with young teenage, you know, young kids in their 20s partying their asses off, and old people. It's like the perfect Petri dish of, and it's all like 10 kids in one hotel room for the whole, whole week. Just beer bongs and bongs and you know, like American style. <laughs> well, remember, it's only ten days ago that it was a hoax. It was fake news. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The the Trump stumbles are really. I think will turn America into a second world country. I mean, it already is. In so many places, people are shocked by how discombobulated the national infrastructure and bureaucracy is and how each state does its own crazy thing with everything from guns to electric power to pollution. So now that there's this crisis, there's all the federal agencies have been eviscerated with replaced with Trump acting cronies. So, you know, it's going to take a long time for America to recover and the spread fast, I think. That's well, news. Um, but I think most people will just kind of, like Trump said, get a cold and get through it. You know, a lot of people will need respirators and die from it, and, you know, a lot of people will get it and not die. It seems like it's kind of a fact of life now. It's around, and, you know, like car crashes and cancer, it's here for a while, if not forever, you know, maybe someone will get a Nobel Prize for getting rid of coronavirus in nine years. Anyway, that's my grim prognosis. <coughs> well, yeah, thanks for that really happy parting shot. <coughs>
pull their mask down and then start smoking <coughs> with the mask back and forth and cigarette. <laughs> John, thanks for checking in with us. We'll um we'll stay in touch offline with your travels in Barcelona. Thank you very much, man. Signing off. Good to see you. Thanks Sweet. for all your uh, fun stories. See you soon. Bye. Um, uh, did you guys did you guys meet John when he was in South Africa? Yes, I met him at Pentec. Yeah, and he came to Kalapjoba. <coughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did uh, Canatech, and he stayed at the jazz farm for a few days. So it, we um, did quite an extensive sort of sequence of interviews with him in Barcelona just as it was starting to turn into you know the kind of martial law thing that you see now and you know Trenton from Cannabis Sessions in Cape Town? No, do no, you know Trenton at all? Maybe it, we met him through um, Cannabis Consultants, Joint Cannabis Consultants. He was in Barcelona and he's very much involved in the community in Cape Town. And between John and him, who they were traveling together, and they put together a sort of two-camera audio and video thing. They interviewed us in a cannabis club outside a completely empty Sensi Seeds museum in a deserted street, which was trippy. So uh, there's a whole story coming out that we've put together about um, Dhaka private clubs, because of course Barcelona's the epicenter, and in Three days we went into like five of them. We're now members of like five. We got credit cards and little chips to get in and shit. And uh, I didn't spend any money on any weed whatsoever in uh, Barcelona. Everyone was very, very um, generous. So now we got Chris J in the mix. Oh, cool. I had a question, but I can't remember. <laughs> a question. A question. To, a question to who? What's your Dan? What's your favorite conspiracy? Well, not sorry. I don't mean it as a favorite. What's What's the one that sort of is the most compelling to you? If If fucking Wilbur Smith was right in the movie sc screenplay, which is the one that you'd want to be playing? Put it that way. I, I don't want to. Doom and Gloom's one thing. I mean, they're all pretty uh, fucking out there. Well, There was a lab that was in Wuhan City where it was tested, or not tested, but there was some sort of release of it. And if you had a look at that press release, the, the emblem of the actual company, the logo for the company, was the same uh, emblem or logo as the Umbrella Corporation in Resident Evil, the movie that, we, that everyone knows about. So when you see that, I was like, no way, this cannot be, and I was like, yeah, this, this is like the best conspiracy that I'm hearing I'm hearing stories of novels that were written in 1983 and the Simpsons predicted it in series eight or something you know they're going on and on and on the whole 5G thing is also quite like also quite prevalent I mean there's even been studies and, and, and papers that have been written that have come out that have proven how bad it is so maybe what's happening is in the epicenter of 5G this virus has been able to mutate into something that's been able to now 
be transferred. And as you see, if you look at there's a map that's been shared, you look at where there's the most epicenters are, where there's a lot of 5Gs, so there's a lot of uh, this new 5G milliwave, milli, what millimeter wave that's floating around. So it could very well be that at those epicenters, it, it's able to mutate a lot faster, and then because it's now be, become a virus from this 5G's help, it's now spread. Whoa. All around. So I can see that um, uh, we've got our next guest sat in the cockpit here. Chris, are you there? Yeah, no There he is. Okay. I see you've come. I see you've come prepared. Is this your new quarantine outfit? Yes, right. Right out of tinsel, so I've got a colander on my head. <laughs> That will stop it, those waves. No, just, just a nice little joke there. Good evening. Hello, man. Um, you're in the same... Wait, wait, I thought I'd have a chat with you because um, since we went away to Europe, it was all systems go for some really groovy stuff and then we've cancelled D-Day and, like, the next day or even the same day you had to cancel Bathurst. It feels shit, yeah? It's a terrible, terrible feeling and, and they put so much effort into it. They, they got through the Second World War. Um, this year they got through African horse sickness. They got through foot and mouth disease. They got everything else, and then Corona hit them. And the rumors started spreading that the show would be cancelled. Um, the president of the society said the show will go on. One of those old manias of the party. And that was on the Saturday. That was in a local newspaper saying that the rumors are false. The show will go on. Yes, they told otherwise, and on the Sunday we had President Ramaphosa saying every show should be shut down, so they had no alternative. Yeah, um, when you, you probably saw our live feed from Barcelona last week, and we were at the Dabadu, and you know, uh, Spanabis was getting a hell of a slagging for cancelling at the last minute, but it made a difference. We, we heard that it's possible that it made a difference in being insured for it or not, because it did... It, 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 it hit hard in Spain, and um, I reckon uh, you heard Jair's comments about our president from a, a, a Hollander. You know, he he was very moved by the president's speech. You obviously watched it as well. It, um, it's it it's gobsmacking to most people because it's come from nowhere. It's like Corona's fucking miles away. It's in Europe, but now he's taken such drastic steps to to kill it. Have, have you got any? sense of it down there because in the Eastern Cape on all of these maps there isn't even a little dot anywhere around you is it it's like business as usual for you yeah as, as you know I spend a lot of time online and I'm on full steam ahead shutting down everything myself personally I'm keeping dead quiet about it because there was an old um, salute scout that saw me buying a whole bunch of um, and supplies at 7 o'clock on Monday morning before I thought everyone was going to go crazy. And he made a joke about it, but everyone is totally relaxed. Totally, totally relaxed. I mean, I was in Altford earlier today. The streets are quieter. Um, the likes of pick and pay, they be sanitizing hands, but everything is actually quite relaxed. The pubs are quite pissed that they have to close, but they're all doing the responsible thing. But personally, seeing what's happening in Spain, Italy, and, and many other countries, I think we're still not taking it as serious as it should be. I can, I can feel the vibe a bit more online since 
the president did speak, it's like nobody can ever remember any South African president doing that shit before. So uh, the, the memes have stopped a bit. Um, from my sort of side of the English line of things, I get a lot of stuff from the UK. It's definitely quietened down there with the memes. It's getting quite hectic in London. I spoke to my sister today and she has been working for the same boss for nearly 40 fucking years. And he says, if you go home, you don't get paid. Unacceptable, and that should actually be illegal. If there's been a national disaster declared, as it has, I mean, never have we seen legislation gazetted so fucking fast, ever. Did you, um, to, uh, uh, Chris, did you hear Tony's remarks about pushing through emergency legislation? What do you think of that? I didn't actually hear that. I was running around. I was listening to Tony for a bit, but I did miss that. Okay, well, I, I just asked him an off-the-cuff question of, um, is there a silver lining to anything? And obviously, we all know that uh, whatever you think about cannabis, CBD, and THC, it does lift the human condition. Whether you hate it or not, whether you despise the fact, it does people good. So what about pushing through legislation to farm the fuck out of it just for seed to start with so we can feed people? I think we, uh, personally, I just think we're a, bit, um, a little bit behind on that, but definitely believe that um, whether it's CBD, whether it's hemp seed, whether it's THC, it's definitely an immune booster, and that's what everyone, every single person needs right now. So light up your homegrown, smoke the joints, don't pass the past, and, and look after yourself. And what, what condition, what are you doing with yourself now? Are you taking lockdown seriously? I mean, we've got a bit of a scale on the show now. I am literally quarantining with Myrtle and there's nobody coming within fucking five meters. We've had people in the same room from a distance, but we're taking absolutely no chances because the way we see it from how it's operated in, in, um, uh, in Spain and in Holland is... If it's like direct contact with a human who coughs or splutters or something, there's a high chance. But if it's like at an ATM or at a finger pad or at a card machine or something, it's still a slim chance that it will live long enough. And then it's the touching your face bit and everything like We're completely used to it. But how many times do you touch your face a day, Joe? Joe or Chris? Joe. No, me, oh, way too many times. I'm, I'm realizing it now, like being forced to think about it, way too many times. So I've got to... I've been, um, I've kind of transferred most of Dhaka Couple's um, conversation to Twitter now. And I'm, I'm watching a thread from a South African lady, a black South African woman in her early 30s, and she's been in the, the zone in... in um, in China for seven weeks and she's been locked down for seven weeks now and she writes this amazing thread of a blog on Twitter about how they've become used to this new way of life and um, they do wipe down everything but she says the only reason she touches uh, she puts a mask on is to stop her from touching her goddamn face yeah have you ever, have either of you worn a mask yet? No, I, I believe the mask is going to be something that's yeah, it's even worse to have because if you're going to touch the mask, 
ever just to move it and then you you just so happen to touch something that had this germ on it or this virus, you're gonna put onto the mask. The mask is not gonna help you anyway, so it's not it doesn't matter about the mask. The mask is just gonna stop. If someone's coughing in your face, it's still gonna go into your eyes or into your nose, or not into your nose your mouth is covered, it'll go into your eyes. If even one droplet hits your mucous membrane, that means that you are it is able to then latch on and go go into you. So pretty much you can't really um, Getting much out of the mask, except to be going to people that are being infected. I'd say. What so about washing your hands and make sure you like rinse your face out with um, bicarbonate of soda and oh. every morning and every evening, just give yourself a good face wash with that in the face. It's a good way to like kill anything that you might have come into contact with in the day. Just just a good clean up anyway. Change the pH of your skin and your membranes that are around there. It works out. Yeah. Chris, is it hitting home to a small town like Bathurst that it could be coming their way? Is it just so remote that it just hasn't hit home properly yet? No, no, it definitely hasn't hit home. I mean, it was just last week. When it really hit home for me was uh, your Myrtle's streaming video walking through the streets of Barcelona speaking about cycling in a movie in a apocalypse. And I watched a few um, online from BBC or CNN, things like that, and it really started hitting home. But funny enough, the week before, the guy had just arrived back from China and was sitting at the local village green, tucking in passing joints. I know it was as wet as anything. They passed the joint to me. I said, no thanks. I never really shared joints anyway. Um, and I don't think it's hit home at all here yet. I don't think it's, it's happened yet. And, and that's I think I'm just trying to be a step ahead, and we are doing isolation here. Um, we have spoken to the foreman, we have spoken to the residents and anyone else around us, and we cancelled anyone coming down. We don't want anyone here or near us for the next for the foreseeable future. Did you did you read the um, the government gazette about the fine print of how they're going to enact the the state of emergency thing? And in, you, you showed us it, Dan, and paragraph 8, they had this whole lockdown on alcohol, specifically booze, not tobacco or anything else, just booze from a specific time to a specific time. There must be tons of shabines and stuff around your way. They must all be yeah. sickling now. Well, we, we spoke, I was at the plowman today, we, went, we bought all the booze for the plowman today, and they've updated their opening posts due to the government gazette. And I think at about 11 this morning, um, they all had a meeting regarding the, the opening and closing times. Um, they're really going to battle this business, but they're adhered to the laws and, and uh, etc. And I think I still think more is needed. I mean, what's the point of closing a pub at, at 1 o'clock when it's not 10 people in it? It's, I know it's meant, I think it's meant more for the taverns, but I can guarantee you the taverns will have an open door policy or back door policy. I mean, <coughs> What's your take on that, Dan? Why do you reckon they zoned in on booze? Uh, I think it's just because we've got such a big drinking culture. So basically, there's a lot of a lot of gathering, and it's just basically bred into us. We all meet around a pub or around a bottle store or around a shabim or around. You know, wherever it is, it's going to be with booze. So I think in that in that uh, notice, they did say something about 
they will be enforcing the closing of the bottle stores and they will be closing the enforcing of restaurants, clubs, bars, all those kind of venues where it's more than 100 people, which essentially makes a business close. They can't operate with anything less than that unless it is really small and they're happy to do that, but still. But yeah, they're going to go for the booze. That's where everyone gathers. That's a strategic plan, I think. I mean, if, if there was a lot of cannabis clubs, just like Amsterdam, they would close us. They would say, sorry, guys, you guys can't also be open. And we would all adhere to it because we also understand them, you know? There's always going to be that backdoor sale, like Chris says. I mean, Shabin is a business Shabin. That's the that is what a Shabin is. It's a backdoor sale of booze. So it's rather let, let someone go and pick it up as a takeaway, you know. Like you know, said, now they've opened it up for people to pick up and go. I think that it is. But yeah, booze is because it's just everyone does it. It's the most common thing that the whole country is going to most likely get caught up with the virus with everyone else. Right. I think you're probably right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing. But, so I think apart from, um, I'll put this one to you, Chris, apart from like certain religious groups and their thoughts about alcohol and their, non, and their abstinence of alcohol, what about the, um, the cannabis culture of South Africa or anywhere are the least likely drinkers of any subculture in the country? We are the least drinkers in society, generally speaking. Stoners have a drink, but they don't go out on a mission for it, generally speaking. For me, in my group, they don't drink. They, we all have a drink. Look, I've had two beers tonight, but um, uh, generally speaking, we don't make a, an issue of it. So what if we are the least affected by such a lockdown? What do you reckon, Chris? Oh, there's a fuck. There's an interesting thing. Oh, Jesus, yeah. From from Stanibus or from anything that's happened in Spain, seeing as it was like the epicenter of all stoners for during the like basically the peak of this whole thing, to see if any of them reports themselves as actually contracting this disease, this virus from being literally in the epicenter. I mean, you guys have been there. You guys have done like testament to show. And if you just maintain hygiene, clean yourself, make sure you just keep your head on, head about yourself, you'll make it out of there. I mean, you guys were in the center of it, and you're back home. So far, you guys aren't showing symptoms. You know, obviously, you'll get tested if you need to, but it's not it's not to say that you get it. It's like Ebola. I'm, I'm more scared of Ebola. Ebola, I can tell you that right now. That terrifies me. Not this. Well, um, that you're leading into my favorite conspiracy theory. It's generally speaking that if you are really jacked up with cannabinoids, although it's not proved because we can't make any claims because it hasn't been tested on humans, I'm completely convinced all cannabis users in all the forms that we have have more chance than non-cannabis users because everybody else in the country has got endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome. That's my mission. Uh, 5G, 6G, whatever, we're going to get to 10G in an upgrade one day. I don't know. I I'm not that man. But I reckon the conspiracy where people are going, stop putting up stuff about cannabis, curing anything, including COVID-19. That's my favorite conspiracy that what if it fucking did? What, what if it made you so boosted that it was like water off a duck's back? And... Basically, 
they were they, they're talking about how lab, I didn't really get to read the whole entire article, but labs basically does not allow the COVID-19, but basically here it is. A recent study is drawing the attention of the medical community claiming that black buckthorn berry lactic acid bacteria can contain the spread of the new coronavirus by inhibiting, inhibiting the activation of its energy source, purine. Labs is something that us growers use often in your garden and to make sure that your, your plants are able to absorb nutrients. So it's quite amazing that something like this has come up and that has happened in where, South Korea. Korea. Korea is basically found out from the South. I don't think Korea's got much of an infection rate in there. Korea's, Korea hasn't got much of a death rate, but it went pretty mental. But they tested everybody in the country, apparently. They went so proactive. They contained it in such a cool way. But we, we won't know. We, we don't know long distance. I, I'm talking as if I'm an authority. I'm not. But we're all just reading fuckloads of stuff at the moment. Oh, yeah. It's unreal that, like, the, the, the rate of information we be drawing in now because we all just all want to find out what's happening. True story, yeah. We've got somebody on the... Um, on the thread from uh, Swaziland, somebody called Jordan Curl. Jordan, uh, type to us, matey. Is it how's it going down in Swaziland? Did has your president, has your king said anything? Hit us up with a message to see if the king's listening to President Ramaphosa. Because there's absolutely no point us going into a state of emergency here if you guys are not doing anything about it there. And and Lesotho, oh, what the fuck about Lesotho? Have you heard much about the suited, Chris? You go there often enough, don't you? No, nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. Shit. I've not been looking at the suited. I've been looking at the infection rate through Africa. Um, I'm speaking to a couple of people that I know in trust. And I don't believe South Africa has even stood um, the amount of infections, the, the confirmed amount of infections that we've got. spoke to a... Um, person today who I respect and their friend came back from um, Austria about six days ago and eight of them are confirmed um, really um, confirmed yes and the parents of, of uh, the one of the sons said that it has not been listed as yet and they quite and that it should have been listed about two or three days ago. So that's quite worrying for all of us, really. And I think, just like you noticed, there hasn't been a um, confirmed case in, in Eastern Cape. I think it's just lack of resources and, and information and, and things like that. So I'm very worried. I really am. Do we know, do we know what the official, what the official uh, confirmed is in South Africa at the moment? Because... Uh, I don't know if we can show this. Basically, what we've got here is let me show you this, this thing here. Um, one fifty, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's one fifty. That's correct. I don't know if you guys have seen this. This is like a desktop that you can basically go and look at. It gives you the world of all the different numbers that have been infected. And if you go into South Africa, you're actually quite correct. One fifty on this map is. Uh, that says 116 now for some reason. Well, let me just um, break you there. Jordan Curl has been on the couch. Jordan, I didn't recognize his surname. Jordan's a dude that we met in uh, Canatech. The Israeli dude that came in. Who did he come in with, Joe? Remember who? Yes. Yes, he was. I can't remember who came in with, but he came in and he sat on the couch, yeah. 
Well, he's locked down. You see the thread there. He's locked down in. He's trapped in um, in Lesotho. Four confirmed cases at children's school. There's still people acting nor normal. Some have face masks on. Most foot border crossings are closing. Diplomats and politicians can't travel. There's Tony on the thread. Lesotho shut its airport down last Wednesday. Jordan's stuck there in Lesotho or locked down. In Swaziland, in Swaziland. Mauritius shut down today as well. Tell you what did? Mauritius. Fuck, imagine the fucking cabin fever there, Jesus. Yeah. Fucking hell. I've got a mate, I've got a mate that actually was, he went down, he went on, like down to the coast and they went on this cruise liner and now the cruise liner is obviously being quarantined. So when did he go to the, when did he go to the cruise liner? Well, you know what? You've got to take a long fucking hard look at things. How long has there been a cruise liner in the headlines in quarantine off fucking Tokyo somewhere, you know? It's like alarm bells, hello, fuck. Cruise ships are sif. All ships are stink, you know? They're all, all of them are just pretty fucking horrible the, the way they go down. Jordan Curl, if you're still listening, matey, Fuck, I don't know what to say. Um, if there's any way Fields of Green can help in any way to, um, I don't know, a letterhead or something, or I don't know how it works. I really don't know. I haven't come into terms with uh, Swaziland yet. That's why I was happy to see somebody on the thread. Wow. Um, yeah, look, me neither. Quite amazing. So, well, what is quite amazing as well is there's actually somebody watching this shit in Swaziland as well. You know, it's like we're famous. We're like going around the world, you know. You're probably right, Jordan. He's saying it's probably safer to stay up there. Well, <clears throat> maybe. Who can tell? I, I wish I had any answers. 30 US dollar visa overstay, fine. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe it is better to do that. Um, yeah, just stay there, Chris there. Yeah, look, the same with you, Chris. Although, you... this virus apparently is going to, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's barely in the cold, in, in the warm, it, it uh, dies off in the warm temperature on the outside, but... Hey, Dan, don't stretch. <laughs> <laughs> you see, yeah. You see, you got to just, you know the thing is, I've got a big five liter sanitizer, so I've got no problem. I know my hands are clean and my house is clean, so I'm, I'm good in my quarantine zone. I've been. Um, I've got a whole bunch of boxes of this stuff in the bags, in the car, in everywhere. Spray, like I'm being super careful just because of mom. So um, I I was looking around to um, supply all our. We've sent the workers home on full pay for a while till we all settle ourselves, and we delivered a bunch of stuff to the house today, and I literally stayed i walked away from the backy she picked it up off the tailgate it's it's i, I have to take the precaution of, of like tony says and um why was i telling you all of that because so, we just all have to be as careful as we can no no i was going some fuck i was going somewhere with that i've completely blown it it was something on the thread no it was something on the thread uh swaziland jordan saying it's business as usual up here as well all the Peace Corps and the NGO volunteers have been evacuated, right? Everyone's basically pulling everyone home to be in their own beds. That's what it seems like. They don't want anybody in some other quarantine. If you're going to quarantine, you sort of quarantine somewhere else. But as, um, as Jair pointed out, like right at the very beginning, 
all our thoughts are on all our major heavily populated parts of South Africa because um, all of us that have been on this show tonight have, have all, are all blessed in all of our fucking special ways for being in the right place at the right time and having the space that we could do that but fuck there's pictures it just pictures the homeless people in Joburg I mean what the fuck can you it's it's unspeakable you know I can't it's difficult to deal with well, I think we're a little bit blessed in that it, we know that it came through an international like, order. So you could trace it. Can you imagine if it had come untraceable under events through an African border? You wouldn't have had a starting point. That's a good point. We would have been incredibly fucked. Yeah, that's a good point. Never heard thought of that. Um, somebody put a thing up that said, wow, imagine, imagine how little poaching's going to get done. Because now... So the poaching boss was shot dead yesterday morning or this morning. What did what was? What what was shot dead? Uh, some anti-poaching unit boss. A human, not the animal. Yeah, yeah, a dude who was in charge of the anti-poaching unit. I can't. I, did, I like. I just. I saw it as I scrolled it down. Okay, Jordan's, Jordan's saying now that Iran, India and Pakistan are all lying about case numbers and so is a lot of Africa. Um, that's, another, that's another, not even a conspiracy, that's just a distinct possibility that governments are playing it down because they don't want a fucking total meltdown of freakouts. So it's, a, you know, when you look at that map that you were just show, have you got that map again, Dan? Can you bring, have, have you got... Yeah, you, give me a so on that map, you can't help but notice how little shit's going on in Russia as well. So that's that. I know Russia's not that. I know Russia's not that very. All right. So I don't suppose it's not that you couldn't say that it's densely populated, though, could you? I mean, at the well, that's really weird because we're at 130, so this thing obviously hasn't updated, but it says it has. I mean, there's the last updated time there. Okay, and um, so you've all you've all seen the figures of um, how many people caught HIV today, and how many people got TB today, and how many people. Um, uh, got something else. What was the other one that was on the list? It's heart, um, heart issues. It's uh, oh. People have done chemo. Right. So it's People very. It's very easy to. It's very easy to slip into the the uh, Tony's conspiracy of the totalitarian state and the wristbands and shit because of that. That's 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 an easy road to go down. So. Um, I think it's too early to tell with all of this shit, but Jesus, what a time to be alive. Um, do you fancy doing an Instamigram to finish it off? Are we, uh, are we able to do it? I'm going to go over to the other... I'm going to go to the desktop and... Um, I'm going to move this mic a bit so I can lean over there. I'm going to scroll it off the desktop because of a, a constraint. And let's see if we can... Um, Let's see if we can get this going here. I oh, know we're up and running. So, can you see? Um, 
Let's see if you can get that pipe through now. We've got a whole bunch of Instamigrams. It's quite weird. If you put Instamigram as a hashtag into, um, into uh, Instagram now, then um, you get 6,500 images on the hashtag. Here we go. This was quite fun. Technically, I'm the last guest. I can choose. Oh, Chris, okay. Yeah, you can. Um, if a tech, a technical department, I can't scroll that. That is unscrollable the way it is at the moment. So what we're doing at the, at the moment is because I'm completely... Because I'm... There you go. Thanks a lot, tech. My technical department, my technical department, the tech, um, it's absolutely impossible to do what we're doing without somebody who's actually sitting near Pretoria on a laptop there. He's normally in the seat I'm sitting in, and because we couldn't figure it out in time, I'm going to scroll through this week's um, uh, uh, Instamigram. And you, I've had a look at this uh, in the last couple of days, and there's some really fucking amazing weed coming our way. It's fucking people are growing the shit out of South Africa. Here's look at these dudes here. Pictures on Instagram really every every week just gets better and better and better. I love watching it. Chris if I just clicking through here if you see anything that um you scroll through you scroll through Joe. We're getting a lot of pictures like this. We're getting a lot of pictures of uh hohos on sticks and stuff. That's quite a cool one. A stinky tinky. Uh, with the mask. With the mask on. No, let's let's carry on scrolling. Let's have a look at a nice bud shot. The way like good bud shot. There's a hell of a nice bud shot. There's there's a lot of. Ah, oh, I might have guessed. I might have guessed. That is um. That is one of the. It's a beauty. It's a probably. It's um. They're calling it black chronic, but um. We know this plant. I thought I recognised. I was very biased in clicking on that one. It sort of I gravitated towards it. I took about 25 of those caterpillars off my plant. I'll tell you a story about it. I took them off earlier for the chicken. Beautiful head there. Purple. Nice one, eh? Can we scroll? Whoa, there's a, that looks like a hell of a thing. Big green Buddha. Look at that for a piece of dank. You check that one from Big Green Buddha, quite amazing. There's some auto pots there. Look at that, that nice head, that white head on the left with the black background. The white head on the left with the black background. I'm 15 seconds behind you, so I've got to oh go. My word, look at that which you just clicked on. Sorry, I've just, it's quite weird doing this from here. It's quite weird. So that's, um, that's pretty much. I'm going to start scrolling back now, Chris, to see if we've missed anything really amazing. Jules, I think that one, I think that one with the worm, it, that kind of relates to me today in my day. The one that we saw, the first one with that worm, it's a crazy shot that. If they, um, in the running to be a winner, I think that one with the little caterpillar should be a winner. Joe, if you're listening in, are you, um... Are you, um, uh, can you think of Stinky Tinky's one in the last few weeks? Because I've Stinky Tinky one before. 
They have one before, but I can't remember how long ago, and I don't have my list with me. And so what we can say is congratulations. And if he has one a little bit too soon, I'll leave it up to them to forward it to someone that they think deserves it. Fantastic. Chris, uh, Chris you're happy with that? You wanted... Lovely nut shot there anyway, lovely head, and I wish everyone the best for their hobbies. Sweet, I'm coming back in the shop this side now, and um, there was, um, it's not, so my tech side has just reminded us of something we didn't quite cover, because I've got this thread from the Ducker Couple inbox um, of a guy that's in a very small village, I mean there's like three shops in his village, uh, outside a well-known town that's got some particularly... Uh, shitty police there. They've been quite brutal over the years. And so this guy's exercising his constitutional right to actually um, grow weed, and his weed gets robbed. And um, he went to the cops and said, I was growing seven plants. And the cops said, well, you're only allowed to grow three, and we could arrest you for even saying you had seven. And he said, well, prove it. And so they got out the 2018 manual of the police thing, whatever it is, and the guy said, and the police said, sorry, the, 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 the accused said, you show me in there where it says how many plants. Here, this guy, uh, put that on. This is Suabrak in, um, in out, it's close to Swellendam. So he went to the cops and the cops said, uh, you can only have three plants. So he said, well, prove it. And they couldn't. So they had to open a docket for the seven plants. And then at two o'clock this afternoon, I got a message from the, the same guy saying, you wouldn't believe it, but the cops are now patrolling the area to figure out what they have to protect, but they're going to protect us from the robbery of our fucking constitutionally grown plants. And that is a big turnaround, because in towns like that, fucking stoners would have been chased out five years ago. It's a very, very, very sort of Afrikaans area, put it that way, that's very, very Calvinistic, old school around that part of the world, the Boerlands and places, fuck. So this is, uh, the, the, yeah. Just before you, I think you had just arrived in Spain, or you are in Amsterdam, I spoke at the St. Paul's Anglican Cathedral to the Port Alfred Gardeners Club, and that was my opening line, saying, um, 15 years ago, if I was standing here, I would have been arrested and then thrown in a mental asylum. <laughs> How did that? I, I forgot about that. How did that go? That was that. That's like a, a hell of a venue for such a fucking funny little provincial town. Well, I thought I opened up. I opened up with Ducker the Truth, and I was joint speaker. I invited a gent from a nursery and grandstand called Happy Potlog, and we both spoke. He spoke for about thirty minutes. I spoke for about an hour. Um, we focused it on gardening, cooking with cannabis, making your own medicine at home, and growing organically. And it ended up being about a three-hour talk. And questions and answers. We had a cup of tea afterwards. They gave me some scones. Um, and I got a bottle of wine. They gave me a bottle of wine. So it was all in all a very good day. They were very happy with it. I think they probably knew that it was going to a very good home. Have a look at the thread on the right hand side. Have a look at the thread. Have a look at the thread. Well done. Wow, awesome. Thank you so much. Wow, we, we have it. 
Cool. Well, we'll do, well, yeah, we'll have to talk to the, the the managing director about stuff like that. But did you see on the thread now what Jordan Curl just put in single letters? Are you watching the live stream? The like the chat. I did see this. Iran, Iran. Iran is killing people infected at people at night. That's scary. Um, yeah, no, it's a, he would he would know. He's got his ear to the ground. He's he's got his ear in all sorts of things. Wow, can you believe it? it's like an hour and fifty five minutes of this shit? Do you think we pulled it off? I think we really did. You guys are amazing. I'm, I'm the best crew in the world, man. Um, well, and the technical team especially, well done, brilliant, brilliant show. Cool, man. Well, thanks, thanks for joining us, Chris. We'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll see how everything develops as time goes on. But um, this will probably be the format of the Hotbox show for a while. We'll try and figure it out. We had some cooking guests on uh, tonight, and uh, we'll try and keep up the high standard in the coming weeks. Cheers, Chris. Say hello to M in the background. So on a on a lighter night, uh, obviously tra traditionally um, Myrtle and I come back from um, um, such a trip with some swag, and this was no exception. And at this point, I was going to, we were both going to give you some really cool shit. So there's some cool shit around, okay, for the the Hotbox crew, because um, we can't do this without you in all walks of life. Not just the Hotbox. The Hotbox is just a Thursday night. So everyone who's in the background of the Hotbox doing this in isolation. We, we did a test drive of this yesterday afternoon to see if we could do it and it was all down to timing and we timed it and everything's cool so I don't know how many people actually watch but I don't actually give a shit. I had loads of fun. Thank you. Yeah, Alright guys, uh, we'll, we'll, we, we, I think we'll call it a day now just with uh, almost two hours to go. You know who you are Mr. Technical in the background, you're a fucking genius. Thanks for putting all your time and effort into this. Lekker man. Good night everybody from the Hotbox Show. Next week we'll figure out what's next in the lives the lives of Corona Stoners part two. Stay alive.